As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Wow, Jason, wow. Um, first, I want to say they blare this club techno music in the stadium after the game when they're doing it. So even though I'm in a booth that's supposed to be soundproof, um, you uh, you might hear a little bit of, of background noise. I will do my best to mute um, when I'm not talking. But A, I talk a lot, and B, I'm not very good with technology. So, um, Well, the Browns aren't very good with football, so you got that in common. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, a common way to start these things, Jason, is to not mean it, but throw it out and say, where do you want to start? I'm not sure. <laughs> but like this, this time, um, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Total and complete ass beating. I'm so sorry. I wasn't there for it. Boy, I'm really busted up that I skipped this trip. Uh, good decision on the, on our company's part. Save a thousand dollars to watch that. Sorry. You had to endure it. I mean, I don't know. You know, they come out the first drive and you think, okay, you know, they spent the bye week well and they worked on some things and they hit the deep shot down the sideline and you feel good about it. They got the big kick kickoff return and and then all of a sudden Miami looked like the Chargers that looked like the Falcons and just ran it right up the Browns' ass and there was nothing they could do about it. Just to, I mean, at, at, Zach, it looked like they quit, frankly, in the second half. Watching the game on TV defensively, it just looked like they gave up. Yeah, I mean, there were times where the tackling effort was an issue. And by the third quarter, you can't be beaten so bad out, out of position, right? I mean, it felt like the last two Patriots games. And that is that is the game and after which we threw around the keyword, right? Um, yeah. But after those two, it was it, this was very similar. It was like, okay, is the coaching? Well, guys are out of position. Is it a total clinic top down? I mean – this team uses motion, and this team has two ultra-fast guys. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are two of the fastest dudes in the league. But it seems the same stuff. Like, they know what they're getting. They're using the motion to either confirm it or, or just laugh at you. Um, both running backs scored long touchdowns for them, right? Neither one of them is an A player. And I don't think either one of them was touched. Maybe Mostert was on his. I know Wilson was on, on his. So, yeah, it snowballed. Um, the Browns got out everything, and 
of the alarming things, obviously the margin is one of them, but this was off their bye week, Jason. This was, yep. um, we're healthy. We've had time to reflect, to self-scout, to know. And we did see eight strong quarters out of the defense, and then we just saw this, and, and the defense is poorly built, it's poorly coached, and um, everything about it sucked, and they, they just got destroyed today. It felt like, I mean, it's a 10-7 game going into the half, and then, well, almost into the half, and then Miami gets the ball and scores at the end of the half, and they're getting to start the second half, and it just felt like one of those, if they get another score and go up three scores, it's over. And and that's exactly what happened. And and that was it. And, you know, I, I've stopped short of saying Joe Woods needs fired. But I, at, at this point, I don't think it's going to happen today or tomorrow. Who knows? I don't know how you can bring him back next year. I just don't know. And I know that they value their continuity. And this is the first time they've had any sort of stability whatsoever. But this has been an absolute... A, just embarrassment and we're now into the second half of the season the first half was disastrous you thought maybe the Patriots game they were starting to turn the corner but again you can't give up half the season to poor defensive performances you can't take half the season to figure out what you're doing defensively and I know everyone keeps screaming they didn't address the, the tackles defensive tackle well no they did they just did a lousy job of drafting they've drafted they've actually drafted a bunch of defensive tackles the last couple of years none of them can play football apparently and the linebackers have been hurt, and the ones they have aren't very good. But, boy, man, am I wrong in thinking that, that this might actually be it for Joe Woods this year? No, you're not wrong. And I don't think it's coming tomorrow morning either, but it might. Um, because this is the defense we saw on October 1st and October 8th, yeah. right? And now we're in mid-November with with the momentum, with the bye, the chance to look. And, like, part of a self-scout is good, what we've done. It's bad what we've done, and it's what are we going to hit with next? And they just look like they were completely shell-shocked from, from the very first. Like, it's 7-7. I wasn't like, oh, the game's over because, like, the Dolphins can score. The Dolphins score points. Nobody thought right. we were coming down here and winning a 13-10 game, right? Right, right, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, there's going to be major changes to this team, and this season's a flop. And they told you they were ready to win by doing the Watson trade. You know, they, they told you they were ready to win by investing in the guys in whom they invested. They, you know, without ever saying it, they said Baker's the problem. We know the receiving core is a problem. We're moving on. We're going to get Amari Cooper. That was a very shrewd move. And we're ready to go. And, you know, the distraction of, of the offseason or not having the quarterback here um, had nothing to do with today. It, it was a top-down clinic. I mean, I'm, I'm scrolling the room right now, Jason. I see the comment from Luke S. There's nothing to learn from these games. That's absolutely right. We're not sitting here saying, hey, today we found out the Browns are really good at this and really bad at that. Today we found out that so-and-so can play and he just needs to be in this. No, we found out that the Browns are capable of laying down and getting their ass kicked. And the margin between the top teams in the AFC and the Browns is wide. It's embarrassingly wide. And the operation is embarrassing. You're going to get more of it next week after Buffalo gagged away that game today. What kind of mood do you think they're going to be in? Uh, they're not going to be in a good mood. Um, that That is for sure. The Dolphins are now in first place in the AFC East. So, I mean, Buffalo already had everything to play for in terms of, um, you know, wanting to play their home games in Buffalo and get that by. But now they're fighting to just win the division. Win the division, yeah. Yeah. Um, to go right, let, let's go to some of these questions because we could keep talking in circles, and frankly, we will. But, um, Kevin, your chances we unload Ward. 
zero guys. He signed a humongous contract with 70 million guaranteed. That means um, the signing bonus, the Browns have already paid. And that means it lingers on the cap. So for the Browns to trade a player like that uh, near a max contract player, just at a point of reference, they, they would take on tremendous dead money. So no, that's, that's not going to happen. Um, What is going to happen probably is the defensive coordinator and the special teams coordinator will eventually get fired. But, you know, with no first-round picks and not with no cap money but with limited cap money because of the way you've structured these contracts, they have an entire defense to fix, and I don't give a shit who's calling the defense or what what your base scheme is, right? I mean, there's no linebackers here. You know, know, JOK is going to be on the team. The other guys aren't under contract. We also, we, you know, Sione Takitaki played the best game of his life two games ago. A lot of guys did. Uh, heavily invested in Grant Delpit. He was suspended for one play today for doing something. Story of his year. He had two solid games. Where was he today? Right? Heavily invested in Ward and Newsom and Martin Emerson. Ward makes one great breakup today and other than that, um, gets stiff-armed about six times. Greg Newsom's running three steps behind guys all the time. And I like these guys and they're good players. But they're not playing well. And and this is big, big trouble because this defense is broken. I mean, even if your offense does come out and start scoring uh, in an elite rate, and, and we'll see how that goes. Um, this defense can't is completely broken. No, can't stop can't anyone. Stop no. No. Um, yeah, the Bills are going to be angry. The Bills can beat you in multiple ways. And, you know, they don't want to run the ball but they will next week. I don't think the Dolphins want to run the ball either, Jason. They, they just found ways to gash and attack. And, and I was kind of worried about that in the lead up to the game, but I didn't think the effort would be this piss poor. I, I, what do you do at defensive tackle? What do you do? You drafted, I just pulled it up real quick. You drafted Jordan Elliott in the third round in 2020. You drafted Tommy Togiai in the fourth round in 2021. Uh, you drafted Perry on Winfrey who can't even be active anymore. Mm-hmm. In the fourth round, has there been a bigger all gas, no fire player in the recent <laughs> history of the Browns than Perry on Winfrey? Forget his all gas, no break, legendary draft day interview. He can't even get active, let alone on the field. He can't even dress. This right, is what, this is this at is least what, the third game. What they've done at defensive tackle. They've taken yeah. three tackles in the last three years, and none of them have shown yet they can play in the NFL. Right. Right, and it's like Jordan Elliott hits his third year, so it's time, right? You, you didn't need this guy, um, you know, to, to be the next John Randall in his first two years, but he's got to be better or else you've missed on him, and it, it looks like. So they started free agency with Taven Bryan. Um, I don't know that Taven Bryan deserved that penalty today, but does it not sum up the game? Like, it just yeah. was not um, – they were completely unprepared and outclassed on, on every level. They just were. I don't know. I've started writing my story, Jason, but I, I, you know, how many times can you say the same things? I mean, this is the New England movie over, over again. It is. Um, But let's go to the overall construction of it because, you know, obviously Joe Woods is taking heat and Kevin did say something after the game about the plan. And I need to go back and listen to exactly, you know, what, what he said. Now he also said a lot of times um, run defenses, just being in the right place and shedding blocks and getting guys to the ground. And we had seen that for two weeks and we saw the exact opposite of it today, but the construction of this defense to think that you could go out with those defensive tackles and these linebackers. I mean, Anthony Walker is a great dude and he's a really, he's had a really good NFL career for 
for what he is. The whole tent is not supposed to collapse when you lose Anthony Walker, right? right. I mean, Jacob Phillips replaced him, a, a, a draft pick of this regime, and can't play that. He can't play at all. It's third year, not ready, not ready, zero. So you make a trade on a Sunday night for Deion Jones today, and and I know JOK's hurt, but today you're playing Jordan Kanashik, who's a special teams player who you signed in August and came in and made the team based on kick return. I mean, he did not have a job till August 15th. Right, and now he's playing defensive snaps for you today. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, there are big investments in the middle. Have been Grant Delpit and John Johnson. John Johnson's due almost thirteen million guaranteed next year, guys. Grant Delpit, top of the second round pick, third year. And and then there were the offensive tackles. How about the sequence where they both got a penalty on the same play? Yeah, yeah, that's that's special. That's hard to do. And those are huge investments, too. I mean, Jack Conklin, this is the last year of his deal. Uh, he was really good in 2020. He was hurt last year, and now he's back. He's He doesn't have a contract. And you have James Hudson in waiting, who was always a developmental guy, and exactly how you would love to to operate with your fourth-round picks. But we don't know that he can play. We just know he's gotten a lot better. He's taking good strides. And at left tackle, a top-ten pick is not playing great. Um, I'm not going to sit here and be an offensive line expert, but – Maybe he's playing really poorly. So th- that's a cornerstone piece. I mean, you're bringing in Deshaun. You went and traded this for the quarterback. You don't have a first-round pick for two more drafts because you thought you were good at offensive tackle, right? At tight end. In a lot of places. The Browns are deep on the interior of the offensive line. They're deep at running back. They're adequate at wide receiver and tight end for now. They're not good enough yet. Um and defensively, they have some standout players, and, and they don't have anything for depth. Uh, I mean, you know, Emerson and Newsom and, and JOK are young, right? I, I don't know that, that any of them is going to Canton. Um, <laughs> Newsom, his second year is not going well, right? And he's what, no. he's what you want to be, right? He'll come up and hit you. He's athletic as shit. Like he's competitive, he's still getting better, but like teams are going right at him. And again, the scheme, I mean, they just are running people across in motion and getting the exact read they want and the exact read they anticipate. I don't even know that they need the motion. They're seeing guys wide open in the middle of the field. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, let's let somebody else come up and yell for a little bit. What do you think? Okay. Uh, let's go to Jack H. Jack H. You are on. Jack, uh, hey, welcome to the show. Uh, can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can. Go ahead. Awesome. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, I'm pretty mad, obviously. Um, gonna try and uh, I will keep keep it clean for you. Uh, but like, you know, I get laughed at a group chat and and everything like that about leadership, and there is no leadership on this team, and people laugh at that like it's not a big deal in the league. I don't see guys like Miles get or sorry, not Miles because he's well, he's basically what I'm blaming here, kind of, but. Um, like T.J. Watt, Aaron Donald, those guys, they don't come out here and blame coaching. Like, at some point, the guys on the field have to make a play. And Miles Garrett, on a draw up the middle, is running five yards up the field, creating another hole for somebody to run through. It's terrible. And maybe that's on the scheme. Maybe it's not. And it's just uh, the whole entire thing is frustrating. There's no leadership. There's no accountability. And I just – what do you guys think that they can do in going forward to at least improve that a little bit? Yeah, it's it's a great question, um, and it's a fair question because, you know, Jack, we we are around the team, you know, one once a day, once a week for their their six weeks of the spring, um, and then we're really you know up close for four, five, six weeks in the summer, but then that's it. You know, practices once the season starts are not open, and there's an open locker room period of forty minutes three times a week in which the guys aren't ever in there. So, you know. What do we have to go on? Well, what guys say, right? And we go back to August, and we, there's a different vibe this year. You know, we are connected. We're bringing this whole defense back. We're ready to take off from that last year. Like, has any of that happened? No. 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 Um, in, in the continent, like, the Browns have never had continuity. And I'm not saying that Pat Shermer would have worked or that anybody else would have worked. But when guys don't make it to the third year, you know, they've turned over the middle class of the roster so many times because the new coach, the new people want their own guys. Right. So I think that's right. I think there's a lack of leadership. I think they caused, you know, a lot of, of turnover by bringing in. They're about to change quarterbacks again. But at the core of it, they brought back every key player on this defense. They lost the defensive tackles. Malik Jackson couldn't play anymore. And Malik McDowell was a bad idea from the start. You know, he gave you a handful of good games last year, and he was hard to move. But he wasn't playing well by the end of last year. And investing in that guy is how you get fired, right? So every other guy is back. So same coaches, top to bottom, same scheme, every player. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like there's some personal ownership issues. Sounds like there's some accountability and leadership issues. So, yeah, uh, how do you fix it? Go ahead. Go ahead, Jay. No, Sorry. I was going to say, I think that's what's been exposed more than anything is the lack of leadership and lack of accountability, especially on the defensive side of the ball, it feels like. It's, who, where, where's the leadership? When things when you're getting your ass pushed back 15, 20 yards on plays, when their teams are just driving down the field, and who's the guy that's going to stand up and say, that's not going to happen? Like, I, I, I don't see it, and I put miles in that. I don't see it. I don't see any leadership on the defensive side of the ball. The quarterback's supposed to be the leader of the offense. We'll see what happens starting in December with that. But defensively, there are real problems, real concerns, and very, very limited avenues to address any of it for the foreseeable future. Yeah, and, and just let me say this. like Guys, like the Dolphins scoring a lot of points, it happens, right? Um, giving up two-minute drives, having penalties, and it's like this is football. And, and, you know, now we're in the middle to the back half of the season, but early in the season, you know, no team in the history of football other than the Browns has blown that lead that they blew it against the Jets, right? That's on the books. But, like, teams have communication issues. Teams have an issue of we were playing the, the wrong guy. We were playing this wrong guy to position. We've carved it up. Like, that's what you do. But, like, when you get to this point coming off the bye and Grant Delpit doesn't start the game, one play suspension for team disciplinary, that's embarrassing. Two, 
two penalties on your two tackles on the same play, that's embarrassing, right? Like guys running untouched for touchdowns, that's embarrassing. So this, this to me today, Jason, is not an overreaction um, one of 17. Like the Browns were off the bye. And they got fucking humiliated today in every those aspect. Are the two th- those, you nailed the two things that I think are most jarring and alarming to me. One, they're coming off their bye. And two, it's just a lack of effort, especially in the second half. Just a lack of effort. They don't get the conversion on fourth down. All right, I'm trying to remember. The fourth down, they go for it. They don't get it. Next play, touchdown. And it was like no one even, no one even really triggered a muscle. And it, it's those sorts of things that are more troubling to me than the score. Teams are going to get blown out. It happens. It doesn't happen often in the NFL, but it happens. And and this is twice now where they've been blown off the field, the Patriots and now mm-hmm. this game. They, they were competitive in all the other games. But it was just a lack of overall effort, and particularly on the defensive side of the ball, and the fact that this could happen coming off the bye week are the right. two most alarming, uh, most two most alarming components of the entire day. All right, we're going to go back and open it up. Uh, again, this is the Civilized Barking Podcast. This is the live room. We thank you guys for coming in. We're going to go to Cody C. Cody, as soon as I press the button, you're on. Uh, Cody, are you with us? Thanks for having me. Yeah, go ahead, Cody. Uh, so when you break down the defense, like the each drive of the Dolphins, it really you just realize how bad our defense was this game. They had three drives that didn't end in a touchdown. One was a good fourth down stop. I'll give them credit. The second was a field goal after a silly trick play that if Stefanski did that, we'd be calling for his head. Yes. And the third was a botched snap that that had just ruined the Dolphins' drive. Other than that, we literally just let them walk down the field every drive. It was You're right. You're right. Terrible. And they have terrible. great players, but Tyreek didn't go off until they had already scored 24 points, yeah. right? Or maybe even more than that. Yeah, we managed yeah. to no, you're right. we managed to make their other players look like Tyreek Hill. It was – yeah. Was, and listen, that, some of that is part of football, right? Like, your best players draw the attention. Uh, but you're right. Coming off the bye, the Dolphins didn't punt today. And, yeah, and they was... totally sabotaged their own drive with that stupid trick play. As, as I tweeted, like, we have to take away the cell phones from my kids all the time. Like, coaches need the halfback pass taken away from them, right? That's for <laughs> freshman football on Thursday afternoon. It's not for Sunday football. So, Cody, thank you. Anything else? No, just a lot of – a lot of sadness and disappointment. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, buddy. All right, Matt L., we're coming to you. Um, Matt, you're left in there. Matt L., you're on. How are you? Hey, guys. Appreciate you having me. Hey, no problem. I just I'm, – I'm trying to figure out, you know, this was a team that traded the farm thinking for, for Deshaun Watson, and he's not saving this team. No. We are in – there are holes – that we cannot fill, that we could have filled with all the draft picks and with all the money. And somebody's going to lose their job over this. And it's, I don't want to see it flipped upside down, but it, I mean, where do you guys think this goes? Yeah, you know, I think probably it's the defensive coordinator and the special teams coordinator, right? I think because of the magnitude of the Watson move and because the Browns finally do have that stability, and, I mean, Paul B. Podesta has now been here since 16. That, By Brown standards, that's like a teacher who teaches 57 years, the same kindergarten class. <laughs> right, right, right. So I feel like D. Podesta, Barry, and Stefanski are safe. Now, again, this is November 13th, and a lot can change. And they got dressed down today by a team that is now no guarantee to even make it to the second round of the playoffs, right? And that's not a slight at the Dolphins. It's just, uh, just facts. 
Um, I feel like the first door or, you know, the, the door would be to change the coaching staff, you know, to go out and make some moves, spend, you know, the bulk of the free agent budget or trade the second round pick for a starting caliber defensive tackle, you know, reload around. Right. And then, then the new coordinator comes in with the new energy and the new quotes, and you know, um, John Johnson stands up and says, there's a new vibe here this year. And Miles says, we're good, you know, and, and refuses to go in the hall of fame during the hall of fame practice and all this stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, l- like, look, Clowney's probably not going to be here. You know, Anthony Walker, I don't know if he's going to be back. We don't know what his situation is. Deion Jones is a free agent. Um, you know, they're, they're, Taven Bryan's not going to be here. Jordan Elliott is under contract. Like, yeah, uh, I mean, for Clowney, they need some major reinforcements. But to me, it feels like that's what it's going to be. I don't think Kevin Stefanski is going to get fired, guys. I don't think Andrew Barry is going to get fired. But they said, we're good. We're ready to win. You know, we missed the playoffs last year because our offense faltered. We changed quarterbacks because we had to. And we're willing to take this on and give up all of these picks and all of these resources and sign up for all of this shit that's about to hit us and follow us on social media every single week. Right. And the roster is, ugh, I don't know. And, it's not, and I mean, yeah, they, it's, they, not, it's not there. They yeah, said they were so, quarterback away. They, they thought that they said they were a quarterback away with that trade. And, and, you know, I, I can't blame that logic given where we were coming off of last year. I think a lot of people felt that way. I, I, yeah, Matt, I felt they were a quarterback away. Yeah. So one thing we haven't been able to tell, and we wouldn't again, guys, our access is limited, but we were, we didn't, we weren't in the locker room for two years. You know, there was a divide last year. The, the locker room was not, was not good. And I think we could all point and say that the Odell and Baker thing got really ugly guys took sides right that that was it was not fully public but it was semi-public and then at the end of the year like baker just wasn't playing well enough baker and kevin clearly hated each other but i think right now um it's fair to say has kevin lost the locker room and if he does if there's two years in a row can you get it back and in that scenario and then the owners of course making a rational decision and taking the proper feedback and making the right action which again is for you know as foreign as, as anything here that's the only way i think the head coach is getting changed but but i think that's in play uh, i think there's a possibility where these players have tuned out these coaches can i can i ask you guys one more thing just and, and something to think about so so we get Deshaun back next year and we i mean we don't have much to to upgrade the holes that we have and we, and it, we come out next year and we're doing the same thing and it's looking the same way and we got this quarterback that's Maybe we're scoring 28 points a game like we're doing now, and but that defense is just getting destroyed. What do you think happens then? Because that's where I think – that's what I see is coming around the, the best. You know, I think it's the most Cleveland thing ever to say is our is our coach on the hot seat next year at this time. But I see what you're saying, and I, I am worried week to week now about Kevin's ability to manage games and get the team ready to play. Yes. If yes, they're three I, and five I, next, if they're three and five next year, everybody's getting fired. Sure. If they even make it, if they even make it that far. Yeah, I, right. I, I just don't. I don't see where they're going to upgrade this this defense, this offensive or defensive line, and this linebacking core with no first round picks. I mean, they've got to they've got to really make some crazy moves. I I just don't see how they can. Make yeah, it no, they, they they bet big on their current roster, right? Jacob Phillips is not going to be in the league. Anthony Schwartz is not going to be in the league. Right. Jordan Elliott's not a starter. Right. Like 
I don't know as far as retaining Conklin Hunt. Uh, I don't know how that's going to go. You know, um, John Johnson, like I said, his money's guaranteed for next year. You can June one cut him like you did with Hooper. You still pay for it. You still don't have anybody to play safety. Right. Nobody. Right. Ronnie Harrison's a free agent. He can't play. If he could play, he would play more than nine snaps a game for this defense. <laughs> so, and, and that's why I wonder if the coordinator change. You can't change out the entire defensive roster, but maybe if you change the coordinator and change the scheme, you get more out of them what you're getting because it sure feels like like there's more talent on the field. Maybe maybe it's an illusion. Maybe it's not true, but it feels like there's more talent on the field than what they're getting production from. Yeah, that that's fair. And I think another way to ask is like, okay, you don't you know the reason they went and got the quarterback is because you don't win many games 13-10. You have to bend but not break, right? You have to do right. do all these things, but like they they just you know they give up. The only reason it didn't get to 40 today is the Dolphins missed two PATs. And had the Browns scored a little more, the Dolphins would have scored every single time coming back. Every single time. Yeah. It, it was cruise control. All right, Matt, thanks for chiming in. Thank you, fellas. Appreciate it. All right. Let's take a couple more here, Jason. I got about 10 minutes before I got it right. Is that good? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. All right. Let's go to SK. Uh, SK, you're on. Oh, can you hear me? I'm sorry. Yeah, my go ahead. mic just went dead for a second. Yeah, I'm calling uh, from California. And first off, it's just good to actually talk to some Ohio Cleveland people. Um, I, one, of the, one of the things I wanted to talk about, which I know has been talked about ad nauseum, is the defense and just how I'm continually amazed how pre-snap we look like we're having a third grade fire drill. Like no one knows where they're supposed to go. And it just seems like that's something I've never seen before. Do you guys have any comment on that? Yeah, I mean, it's that's not all the time, but you're right. Um, that That's basically how we say it is teams are running simple misdirection plays and simple pre-snap motions to get exactly what they want out of the Browns. And it seems like often Browns players are pointing at each other like, are you supposed to be running with him? Yes. Where, where yes. am I supposed to be? Right? Like the statue of the season is Grant Alpert with his hands up. Right. Uh, right. Right. <laughs> yeah. After the play. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so looking that, around with his hands up. Yes. I agree. And again, that, that to me is like so frustrating in year three because the continuity is supposed to mean that like continuity in year three is supposed to be the linebackers coach going to his coordinator, going to all his bosses, all the way up to the GM and saying, hey, OK, this this is the guy I want. And I know this guy is not a great player, but he fits our defense. And as you guys go shopping in the draft and in free agency, this is what we're missing. This kind of makeup mentality, skill set, strengths, right? And in right. Your, that's all supposed to be better. And that's how, like, certain guys that are six-rounders stick around or certain street free agents, you know, make the team and end up, because they fit what you want to do. No team has 53 all-pros. Right. And for years, the Ravens and Steelers have not had 40 all pros, but they've kept the same systems. So they know what they're searching for and they're able to a to develop guys and B keep them. Let your your chances of a fourth or fifth round pick becoming a mainstay for you uh, just improve so greatly in in year three. You're supposed to see that. And I think you are, frankly, you know, it's Njoku's sixth year in the league, but you're seeing better from him. You're seeing better from Donovan Peoples Jones. You know, these offensive linemen are, are playing, but like, the defense, especially today, you can't say anything other than it's an F, a big fat F, and it's disappointing as hell. Well, listen, I just want to say thanks. I'm, I just stumbled across this today when I was looking for one of you guys' articles after the game, and I saw this Browns room. So it's it's been a godsend for me just to hear other people vent. So thank you. <laughs> All right, well, go have thanks a beer or cigarette us. or whatever your choice is. Thanks, thanks for right, having man. us. Let's take a few more of these. Ryan L. Ryan L., you're on. Go ahead. 
Thanks, Zach. My question's more for Jason. The Guardians this past season demonstrated, in contrast with teams in the AL Central, that they had a front office with a system and a design that enabled them to identify talent. You know, and for, for several years now, the Browns uh, front office has said that, you know, under analytics, underpaying defensive tackles and linebackers is, is sort of the way to go. And they keep getting gashed in the running game to an embarrassing degree. At some point, is this simply an organizational failure? And to that end, at some point, does, does Jimmy uh, Haslam and D. Haslam just, just kind of throw their hands up with this approach? Well, I don't know what's left for Jimmy and D to do if this doesn't work. And by this, I mean all of this. I mean the Paul, Andrew, Kevin, Triumvirate, Deshaun, when he gets in there. They've tried everything else. I mean, they've, they've literally tried every other concept and scheme. And, you know, I mean, Zach, Jimmy sat there and told us last year at the owners' meetings, we didn't know what we were doing when we got here. And they thought it was easy because of when they got to Pittsburgh, when they bought in at Pittsburgh, they had the GM, head coach, and franchise quarterback already in place. And Jimmy looked at us and said, well, hell, this is easy. They were getting fitted for championship rings before they wrote their equity check. And they thought it was always like this. I do think that they need to go back. And, again, like I pointed out, it's not that they neglected the defensive tackle position. They haven't. They just haven't been able to – they haven't done a good job of scouting and developing the guys that they've that they've selected. And you could say they didn't, they didn't use any first- or second-round picks. Okay, but there's only so many first- and second-round picks to go around. But they've, they've drafted a defensive tackle every year since Andrew Berry's been here. None of them can play. Is it bad, is it bad scouting? Is it bad development? Both? I don't know. But it's a huge concern, I think, at this point. What, what confidence do you have that they can fix it? It's been three years they haven't been able to fix it. So what confidence do you have that they can fix it now? I just don't know that it exists. I think it's, it's one of the biggest blemishes on this team. Is just right up the middle. Defensive tackle and linebacker right up the middle. JOK was great last year. And, you know, if we're going to kill him for being terrible this year, and, and he hasn't been as good, we still have to acknowledge that he was great last year. Okay, why? Why was he great last year and terrible this year? Is it Anthony Walker? Does it really make that much of a difference? And, and that's why I'm wondering if a change in scheme can then bring out the best in guys because you can't change over 11 guys or 12 guys on the defensive side of the ball or nine or eight or whatever number, arbitrary number you want to throw out there. Um but, but you can change the scheme, and, and that's the only thing I can think of that's, that's left to do because what they're doing is not working. I tried to unmute you, and I think I remuted you. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're muting just... me, yes. No, no, I didn't. At one time, I tried to okay. um, Sorry about that. Yeah, no, JOK and Newsom had great rookie years, and I think that went into the thinking of, hey, we kind of got this figured out, <laughs> you know, and um, it's clearly they don't, so. It's a struggle. I think, you know, putting it, I don't think it's always fair to uh, truly try to evaluate teams and organizations across the leagues because they're different, right? But, I mean, we have 20 years, and, and now this is year 10 of Haslam ownership, of of the Browns just not maximizing pieces. I mean, Jason, this is it has to be a cultural slash at-the-top thing when every single time – you have an ounce of optimism or real hopes for your team, then it goes in the shitter immediately. Every I time. put all. I put. I mean, I put ninety percent of the Browns' problems or more on ownership. You know, Ryan started the call by, you know, talking about the Guardians and and just the 
right there you see a contrast in styles and franchises and i mean you can say what you want about the dolans their lack of spending but the fact that they hire really good people and they stay the hell out of the way and they let them do their jobs and people that go to work for the guardians don't ever leave they stay 20 25 years because of the culture that ownership there has developed and the empowerment that they've given to their top lieutenants right but jason if the haslam's would have stayed out of the way of joe banner for instance where would the franchise be right now I have no idea. Maybe no better. Bill Banner was a disastrous hire from the start. Um, it's, it's, it's the it's the culture that ownership sets throughout the organization, and we, Zach, you know the stories better than I do. But we've both heard the stories of just what a what a shit show the building has been at times under the Haslam's and things that go on that would never go on in other organizations. And I put that squarely on ownership. Yeah, and, and not all of that's private. A lot of it's in your face. And in your ears all the time, if you follow the Browns, like it just is. Um, it, it's great questions, Ryan. We thank you for joining us. And, and we're going to move on to a couple of people here. Appreciate it. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. All right, uh, Alec S., you're up. Alec. Hey there, guys. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Hey, Alec. Uh, I just want to figure out where we should put the accountability for defensive failures, because I know everyone wants to talk about Joe Woods, but you look at the guys Barry has drafted to put on the interior line. Barry's draft pick, Jordan Elliott, disappointment. Disappointment from Perry and Winfrey, another Barry draft pick. And then lastly, another disappointment from a Barry draft pick, Tommy Tuggy. All right, he got that in, and he wanted to, and it was pretty good. Um, they drafted Tom, Tommy Tuggy. Yeah, he's a backup, guys. Like, if you look at what NFL defensive tackles look like, Tommy Togi is not nearly as big as them. Like, they took him. They thought he's super strong. He'll fit. Like, it, again, this was a pick saying, we're okay. We can take a backup. And every team, rounds four, five, six, you have guys that don't work. You have guys that are backups. They are special teamers. But you need to carve out a role for them. You need to understand. And, you know, they've picked a lot of guys who are just backups who are special teamers, and that's why they are playing Jordan Kanashik at linebacker, right? And that's why it stands out when Perry on Winfrey is a rookie, can't get a helmet, because it's like he, we don't have any defensive tackles, so why isn't he playing? So, yeah, um, it's it's certainly disappointing. And to, to answer the question, yeah, I mean, Joe Woods is going to get a lot of the heat and. You know, this is an underachieving defense, but the construction of the defense is quite obviously a big problem because teams are just lining it up and running it right at them and they're cutting back and no one's there and guys aren't finishing tackles. And like I didn't have a great angle today watching it live to see the replays, Jason, but a couple of times when I was able to say, OK, I need to see this replay. I just saw the Dolphins blockers getting where they wanted to when they wanted yes. to and just, just peeling guys that were in their way. Yep, guys can get off blocks. I saw Taki Taki. It was like he was glued to some guys. Like he would run into a, into a blocker, and that was it. He was out of the play. He just cannot shut a block to save his life. Yeah. All right, we're going to take this last one, William, and we appreciate William. You've been waiting, so we're going to let you fire away. 
Thanks, guys. Um, shit, where to start? I mean, just Nick Chubb. I mean, like, that's what it comes back around to. If there's just one shining beacon of hope anywhere, or I suppose it's a light at the end of the tunnel at this point, but it's Nick Chubb. I'm going to be real with you. Like, I, I got my own shit going on. And you know what? It, like, I, Nick Chubb has kept me going sometimes, dude, and, and uh, he came through today, you know, when everybody else seems to be giving up and no energy, he's still like just pushing. He's angry. He wants to get in the end zone. He puts on a spin move. I'm like, fuck yeah. So sorry for the language, but anyways, uh, yeah. Th- if there's one thing to take away today, it's just that this man has a work ethic. That there is somebody in the locker room that um that I don't know has that energy. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, he he yeah. does. He brings it. He is a super special player. Um. First of all, we're rooting for you, man. We hope you're all right. Secondly, I'm, I'm glad you said it like that. There was a running joke. Um, this must have been seven, eight years ago. Does anybody remember the Browns had a player named Scott Solomon? Um, no, I don't remember uh, that name at all. Okay. Well, <laughs> Scott Solomon was like, an, he was like an outside linebacker, like a try-hard, you know, made the team special teams. And one game he made a hustle play. The quarterback never saw him come, and he came and stripped the ball or tackled him. And Doug Deacon said, well, boy, I'll take 22 Scott Solomons. You know, and mm-hmm. that all became a joking point because it's like, unfortunately, you have 22 Scott Solomons, and that's why you don't win. But the fact that it shifted to Nick Chubb, and you can say, wish we had a locker room full of this guys. You know, there there aren't 22 of those guys on the planet, and he did bring it today. Um, you know, from a tactical standpoint, the Dolphins took away the run; they dared the Browns to pass. You know, from a tactical standpoint, the Browns, the Dolphins schematically on offense got whatever they wanted. The Browns were no resistance. But Nick Chubb is going to bring it every week, and Nick Chubb is who you want. And he's underpaid, and he's underappreciated. And, you know, this season's over. um, But as far as future seasons and as you go through making things work, I mean, you want to ride the guy, and you want to hope that that he gets his reward eventually, you know, playing in big games and maybe winning the Russian title for all the work that he's done. Yeah, no doubt. All right, Jason, uh, any parting thoughts here as we get out of here? Oh, no, no. What do we have left? Eight to go? Seven to go? Eight to go. Yeah, in Buffalo next go. week. Yeah. Yeah. Don't even get off the bus. Just four. Three, three <laughs> of the next four on the road. So, um, three of the next very four difficult. The yeah. And Tom Brady so. at home. The one home game is Tom Brady. Yeah. Team is playing for something now. So, yeah. All right. Well, I got to go. I'm getting kicked out of this room, so I got to go right. Um, Thanks, guys, and um, we will talk to you soon.